Hey, this is Noah Levine, founder of Against the Stream, Refuge Recovery, and Dharma Punks. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you're enjoying the Dharma. Together, may we create a positive change on this planet. If you feel moved to leave a donation, there's a link in the show notes. May our paths cross soon. Welcome. My name's Jason. This is Against the Stream, Wednesday night class. Glad you're here. Oh, can you guys hear me? Because I should use this little microphone, I think. Does it even matter? I don't know. I think it matters for the recording. <clears throat> anyway. Glad you're here. We're going to uh, start class a little differently tonight. Um, is there anyone new? Anyone new either on the Zoom or in the room? First time here or first time to this group? You'd like to unmute yourself and introduce yourself? I'll introduce myself. Hi, everyone. I'm Etienne. I'm in Chicago. Um, and uh, I'm glad to be here. Great. Welcome, Etienne. <clears throat> I assume everyone else has been to this group or been to the center. Yeah, we're going to start with a little discussion and some contemplation. And um, just to kind of instead of a regular kind of intro and it's a little bit of a lead into the talk or the topic for tonight so i'm going to read a um a teaching from the buddha if i can get to it there we go and so just to kind of allow the ears to soak it in, just kind of be mindful, you don't need to take notes or anything like that. And then I'm going to have you turn uh, or it be in little groups and just have a little discussion about the meaning of this for you. What does it mean for you? What do you think the Buddha is saying here? <clears throat> There's a few different translations of this particular teaching. So let me just kind of read it in this particular translate this particular translation. Phenomena are preceded by the heart, ruled by the heart, made of the heart. If you speak or act with a corrupted heart, suffering follows you as the wheel of the cart follows the track of the ox that pulls it. Phenomena are preceded by the heart, ruled by the heart, made of the heart. If you speak or act with a calm, bright heart, then happiness follows you like a shadow that never leaves. I'm going to read it again. Phenomena are preceded by the heart, ruled by the heart, made of the heart. If you speak or act with a corrupted heart, suffering follows you as the wheel of the cart follows the track of the ox that pulls it. Phenomena 
are preceded by the heart, ruled by the heart, made of the heart. If you speak or act with a calm, bright heart, then happiness follows you like a shadow that never leaves. So turn toward, get maybe groups of three, and I'm going to break you guys out, and just have some, some discussion about what this means to you. Please uh, be mindful of uh, whether you're oversharing, whether you're undersharing, and allow everyone to have a chance to, to talk. And um, I'll ring a bell in a few minutes.
<laughs> Turn, come back to the larger group. One of the, I don't know, one of the challenges with doing something like this in the very beginning is like, then it gets your mind all stimulated and, and then we're like, okay, now we're going to meditate. But I'm, I'm curious, kind of, does anyone want to say kind of what they think? No right or wrong. There's no right or wrong answers. It's just impression. What is that? What is your impression? What did you, what do you, what do you think? What do you think about the, the teaching? Yeah. It's funny because uh, even before you read that, I was thinking of something I might touch upon today in one form or another, and it spoke directly to it, which was um, Seb and I this morning were talking about something that went right in line with this, which is, you know, I was having some experiences at work where there was some ambiguity, but I kept finding myself sort of choosing the worst way to take what was happening. And, you know, uh -huh. like, oh, they're mad at me, or I messed up, or that's why they haven't gotten back to me. And it was purely my own assumptions and choosing to take them in a negative direction for mm -hmm. whatever reason. And, you know, this quote about everything comes from the heart, like the heart is what will first sort of affect your experience or your mm -hmm. perception of what's happening. You know, and that's what I kind of settled on this morning before hearing this was sort of like, you know, I'm just going to stop choosing to take it that way. There's no reason. I'm not, mm -hmm. I don't have any actual evidence to think this. I just start leaping and jumping. The mind just churns into perception. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like mental what's, oh mental God, fabrication. What's the worst case this could be? I better prepare for that. And then yeah. all of a sudden I'm just mm -hmm. feeling negative and anxiety and, mm -hmm. and it's all created by me. And mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to stop doing that and like <laughs> just think, hey, it's, it's nothing, nothing's wrong. And right. Until if there's some proven evidence that suddenly surfaces, okay, uh -huh. I'll deal with that then. But uh -huh. no need to spin myself into a tizzy of my own creation. Right. And, and that's just one example of how I think this could, we could all be operating, which is like no experience happens in a vacuum. There is no objectivity. Like everything's going to be, you bring something to it, mm. whether you're perceiving it or creating mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot more control than just falling victim to our own thoughts. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Falling the victim to our own thoughts and then away it runs, you know, and it, it it's not your fault. It's not my fault. It's not our fault. It's conditioning. It's generations. It's your parents. It's, you know, your karma. It's your past lives. It's all of this kind of instinctual behavior and biological kind of imperative that has conditioned us you know, in such a way. So I appreciate what you're saying and, and the realization, right? The recognition of like, oh yeah, this is crazy making. Oh, I'm just causing my own suffering, right? Um, so yeah, appreciate that, appreciate that. Anyone else, anyone in the room or on the Zoom wanted to kind of give what's their perception or their discussion that came up? Yeah. I'll just add, I was there this morning. <laughs> um, I, I think in addition specifically to, to what was read, what you read, we can create our own suffering and, and suffering and misery and then 
we put it on to others. Mm. And so mm -hmm. I think part of what Mike is saying is like we have the power to break cycles. Absolutely. Here. Mm -hmm. um, and then that will reflect in positive ways. Like we will be reinforced. That's what karma is. Mm. So if we can find those ways to break these small patterns of negative behavior and replace them with patterns of positive behavior, they're going to be reinforced positively. And then that just keeps growing and building. Yes. Um, but we have to make those small decisions to to break cycles, even if they're yeah. very minor. Mm -hmm. Even if we've already gotten on the train and we're three stops down and we're like, holy shit, I'm on a... I'm on the shit show train. Yeah. We can get off that train, you yeah. know. I often envision like the New York subway when you got get get off the wrong stop, or actually, I in Thailand I would, or I couldn't even read the friggin' signs, you know, and I would be like, oh wait, this is the wrong stop, and I would get off and realize that oh, I could just get on the other train. I don't have to get all worked up about it. Um, so, but yeah, it is those incremental those moments, and this is what. Um, Mindfulness helps us to do. Great. All right, we have Rachel and we have Etienne, and then we'll um, we'll do some meditation. Um, I we in our group we were talking about. Um, I well, I got stuck on what was meant by phenomena. I just was thinking like, okay, that just means stuff that happens. Maybe like I don't. Could you could you speak to that because I got kind of stuck there. Um, and then with the heart thing, like I was just thinking about the process of like sensory input coming in, attaching a value to it and then reacting to it. But I usually associate that with my head, not my heart. So I got, yeah, I got a little confused. I appreciate what you just said. And there, there is a particular reason why I read that identifying heart <clears throat> and I'll, I'll address that in a minute. I want to hear from Etienne. Um, hi, good evening, everyone from Chicago, Etienne. Um, so I'm so sorry. I, if I understood correctly, the same goes. The heart precedes phenomena. Um, All phenomena is preceded by the heart. Is, precede, is preceded by the heart or preceded? Proceed, precedes by the, precedes the heart, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So like another different arrangement. Um, um, so yes. So when I, from what I understood by that is, um, what I sometimes think about like just phenomena in general, it's like, there's just a limit to what our intellects can do. And from that point on, it has to be something that language cannot describe. And that would be things of the heart, you know? So like, however you, whatever mental state, however you're feeling um, at any given moment is how the phenomena of experience will appear to you. So, um, so if you're consumed by anger, um, I don't think you'll, you know, you'll be having a really good loving conversation with anybody because you're consumed by that state of mind um that feeling mm -hmm. um so when the word heart for me just 
was kind of like synonymous to like feeling instead of intellect mm. um, or cognition. Um, so um, I can see that. I think when we did the breakout rooms, um, I, I also mentioned that it's kind of like um, the advice that we're given, I guess, maybe I was when that I didn't necessarily take that advice, but like um, we are who we surround ourselves with and things like this, you know, like, and and meaning like if we surround ourselves with negativity, we become negative positivity and things that allow us to grow, then we become that, you know? Um, so it's just a different arrangement, but I saw it that way. I read, I understood it that way. So yeah, that's all, that's all I have. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for just being out there and like sharing your, and you know, I'm sure you guys all have thoughts about it. And um, I'll talk a little bit more about it in a bit. I, I want to read a different translation of the same teaching. Let's see if this lands somehow differently. Teaching from the Dhammapada. It's the first teaching in the Dhammapada. <clears throat> we are what we think. All that we are arises with our thoughts. With our thoughts, we make the world speak or act with an impure mind, and trouble will follow you as the wheel follows the ox that draws the cart. We are what we think. All that we are arises with our thoughts. With our thoughts, we make the world speak or act with a pure mind, and happiness will follow you as your shadow, unshakable. How can a troubled mind understand the way? Your worst enemy cannot harm you as much as your own thoughts unguarded. Once mastered, no one can help you as much, not even your father or your mother. Interesting. You just changed one word. I mean, it's a slightly different translation. <clears throat> In Buddhism, the word chitta means heart mind. It's like same, same. And it's really saying, depending on the, uh, the <coughs> sect of Buddhism, it's saying that it's here. Your heart, the, 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 your heart mind is resting in your, it's not just your emotional body and it's not just your fucking brain. That it's actually this combination of the two, which is called chitta. And so the different translations, you know, brought, we're so intellectually kind of stimulated often that, um, that I wanted to use the heart uh, just to, because oftentimes it's, it's the, that kind of the, what does that mean, the heart, you know, the emotion. And we do make some differential differentiation here in regards to kind of, wisdom practice, heart practice, not actually different, just different roads, right? To the same path or different lenses, maybe lenses. So phenomena, there was, watch, was it Sesame Street or Muppets? I think it was Sesame Street where it was like Grover, phenomena, no, 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 oh, yeah. phenomena, no, no, no. Muppets. Phenomena, no, no, no. That's what I think every time I think that one. <laughs> phenomena, no, no, no. Was that what they were really saying? Phenomena, yeah. That was. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. And um, 
maybe it was it or maybe it was animal it was one of those two one of the one of the you know one of the grumpy ones <laughs> so the idea of phenomena is yeah all that arises everything is a phenomena arising and passing away the magic show is what the buddha called it So the things that, okay, I'll, we'll get back to that. Because actually I want to do some, some meditation before my legs fall asleep. <laughs> I'm just playing. They're already asleep. <laughs> so let's sit and with a focus particularly on the ending of things. I really want to... Um, if we're going to have the, the windows closed completely, if we can turn the AC on, that would be great, just so it doesn't get stuffy, too stuffy. Just a little, just a little, just a crack, to, so we don't all have to breathe in our, our own phenomena. <laughs> and may you have a peaceful meditation and no phenomena. No, no, no. I know it's horrible. I'm so bad. I'm such a bad meditation teacher. We're going to, but I would like for you to pay attention to the ending of things. The ending of the breath, the ending of a thought, the ending of a sound, the ending of a sensation, a feeling. Of course, the beginning as well. But just see if you can follow the sound, the thought, the sensation to its end. Primarily utilizing the breath as a anchor. So settling in. Hearing the bell. I'm not going to give much instruction, finding a posture that's workable, that's sustainable. And resting in this present time experience, breath, body, sound. Choosing whichever one of those three feels like the easiest to connect with. Noticing the arising and passing away of all phenomena, of all things.
relaxing into each new moment, observing the arising, the passing away, thoughts, feelings, sounds, sensations, stories, identities, images, smells, all of it. For the first few moments, perhaps, just focusing in on whatever the anchor is, breath or sound or sensations in the body.
again and again. Opening to the comings and goings of things. Particularly the ending of breath, of sound, thoughts, sensations. The rapid arising and passing away. This breath is born, lives for a time, and dies. Giving rise to a new breath, a new moment.
I showed so much restraint, I want you to know. So the whole time, I wanted every time my mind would catch something and see it, I wanted to just go, phenomena. <laughs> and that's actually what I was, it actually became kind of the, something that was happening in my mind as a way of explaining that's just what's happening. It's just phenomena. Arising, passing away. And we can call it, you know, anger or resentment or envy or conceit or judgment or but it's just phenomena arising and passing away so and it's important i think to not take this so fucking seriously you know because it's just phenomena <laughs> Ashley, you have your hand up. Yes, thank you. Um, 
I didn't know how to unmute in our group, so I uh -oh. didn't really get to finish. But so I, my feelings on the main topic were we kind of bring our own happiness. We, it's a choice um, most of the time. Um, sometimes it's just too much, like with the, too much chaos going on around you that's just like, um, this is a level that I am not ready for. <laughs> and I, I need to walk away from it. Um, but when you said, just to, just to focus on one thing, just the breath, the beginning, and then the end. Then I was uh, got into the groove of that. And then my neighbor just starts pounding on the walls. And I swear, I'm, I'm surprised that I have not said any cruel words. Uh, I haven't used the C word. I have been as nice as pie and I've prayed for this woman. Nothing's gonna work. It's too much discontent. It's just phenomena. So I got up, went to the restroom, wiped my tears, took care of me, came back and sat down and I felt way better. Great. A little bathroom break, came back. And then I started to do the, and then you were like the beginnings and the ends. And so I remember dancing around the living room with my boy when he, well, he's 20, well, he's 19 or 20 right now. So when he was a baby, I would dance with him around the living room to Enya. And he just loved it. His eyes were all bright and, you know, he's not a baby anymore. And there's a part of me that's that's really understanding where he's at in his life. And there's a part of me that's letting go of him right now. And so I understood that whole concept of the beginning and the end. Thank you. Um, and I was able to detach with love, letting others voluntarily evolve like that. Like, like you just kind of Actually, helped wipe off the that rest of the crust that was lingering. Actually, I'm I'm, I'm going to mute you now. Okay. Huh? I we we need to move on, but I appreciate your sharing. Thank you. Yeah. So I I really I get that concept and I appreciate it. So. Phoenix, if you can, um, if you can hold off. For a little bit yeah thanks we just we're running out of time i wanted to touch on you know this broadening it out so that was a training just mind training that's quite a stereo huh? <laughs> <laughs> is that like dion warwick or something <laughs> Just acknowledge, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> love it, I love it. Um, so, from the Buddhist perspective, the Eightfold Path, 
is the, you know, it, it's, it starts with what I, what I kind of talked about last week, which is um, this understanding of wise view. And so really the, the first teaching of, of the Buddha, the Four Noble Truths, and is actually kind of a breaking the denial. It's like, okay, they're suffering, recognize it, see it. And then there's, there's a cause, see the cause, the craving, the wanting things to be different, wanting this guy to drive away, <laughs> you know, and the attachment to that could be suffering, right? So the, uh, just for those of you at home, if you can't hear it, there's just like someone listening to like, I don't know, 1980s uh, Dion Warwick or something. <laughs> and um, so, so the, the working through the Four Noble Truths and then is really all about like, okay, see with wise view what's happening here as you set yourself upon the path. So it's actually the first of the path is to have wise view, but it's not perfected. It's actually just introduced, right? And the other thing, I think last week I talked about folds, right? The folds, the eightfold path, they fold into each other, you know? And the other way to look at it is it's a Dharma wheel. It's a wheel, the eight spokes of the wheel of the Dharma meaning that it goes around and around and around. And it's not like, okay, I did it, wise view, I got it, move on, step two, right? It's not linear, it's systemic, it's cumulative, it's a, a uncovering, it's a developing. And then, um, the other aspect that I wanted, so I just want, I wanted to kind of talk about that. And what is the Buddha saying that we need to have wise view about, right? First is the reality of suffering. The second is the impermanent nature of things, right? The anicca, the, the, that which arises, what's called the three characteristics, key, three characteristics of existence. Dukkha, suffering. Anicca, the impermanent nature of things, that which arises, passes away, which our meditation was really kind of focused into a little bit. And then also anatta, which means not self, no fixed and permanent self. So this is one aspect. The other aspect, karma. Understand that we live in the law, we live in the world of causality, the realm of causality. See this and understand it and understand what it means. And then the, all, the, the other aspect of wise view is uh, connected to karma is rebirth. There's different, uh, people have different views about this topic of rebirth. Um, we'll get to that at some point. So I'm gonna uh, just kind of unpack karma for a little bit, just you know, unpack it a little. But I want to I want to also let you know I'm I'm going uh, with some quotes and some you know I pulled together some teachings mostly uh, from the venerable the venerable Bhikkhu Bodhi, who is kind of one of the foremost kind of scholars 
on the topic. And most of this is actually from In the Buddha's Words, which is a, a, a compilation. It's an anthology of all of the teachings of the Buddha, the Pali Canon, kind of condensed. It's such a useful book for us, householders, non-scholars, like just to get, okay, this is the, you know, this is the essence of the Buddha's teachings. And his commentaries are also excellent. So if you haven't read In the Buddha's Words by Bhikkhu Bodhi, it's worth, it's worth a get. Okay, so right or wise view. I'm just going to read a couple things, okay? To be happy, successful, and secure, we must first learn to see ourselves and the world as they are and should then shape our everyday activities in keeping with this view. So this is, all, in essence, what I was just saying. We must also look for solutions to our problems in terms of the relation of the relationship to cause and effect. Uh, for the universal law of causality operates in the field of human behavior as much as, as much as it does in the physical world. The foundation for a fruitful life is an understanding of the moral law of karma. So one of the views, one of the ways that we can kind of begin to look at this. Now, the reason why I use that particular teaching in the beginning of the class is because to me, when I first heard it, and, you know, 20, maybe 20, yeah, maybe 20 years ago, maybe I was thinking maybe 25 years ago, I always kind of just go 20 years ago, even though it's probably been 35 years, you know, I've just kind of stopped at 20. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and it was, uh, like a suits of study class and we, you know, we had to do a similar thing, kind of get in groups and discussions. And the, the thing that stood out to me, um, it's all, I mean, there's, it's packed. It's the first, the, you know, the first teaching in the Dhammapada, it's really one of those very condensed teachings of this is the way things are, you know, that's the teaching. This is the way things are. And you guys caught some of the essence of it, which is that there's choice that we can choose to suffer or choose to uh, be free from suffering, right? The piece about karma, suffering follows you as the wheel of the cart follows the track of the ox that pulls it. Karma. This is what's being talked about here. And so, you know, and then the freedom, you know, the, the, uh, if you speak or act with a calm or bright heart, then happiness follows you like a shadow that never leaves. So this is the transformation of karma. Do you, you know, just using a different, the one, one is being pulled along. The ox, what's the ox? Our minds. The ox is our minds, our intention, our action. The mind, the ox. The karma is the cart that's being pulled behind it. The freedom from suffering, the freedom from karma or the lessening of karma uh, is the, the, this whole analogy of the, the shadow, you know, being uh, bright. I lost it, so I can't see it right now. Speaking, happiness follows you like a shadow that never leaves. Or try to escape your shadow. So karma, the word karma means work or kama, 
means work. It means work to be done. I mean, it means work to be done here, now, not in the future. It's, it is connected to the past, but it's not a, really about the past. You know, um, sometimes I work with people and they've, they've, you know, had trauma in their lives. Maybe you've experienced trauma in your life. And one of the things that I often say to them is the worst has already happened. The worst has already happened. And so what, what are we carrying? You know, we hold on to our traumas, our memories, our pasts. And actually, more, karma isn't about you get what you deserve. It's actually not. And it's, also, it's about intention. It's about action in the present moment. What do you do with your mind state now? Kind of like what you were saying. You know, like, oh, I come to this. Oh, I can. Whatever was happening in the past, whatever, you know, the woman that was talking about her neighbor banging, you know, it's, it's not about. It's about whatever's happening now with what's going on. We don't need to figure out. Sometimes people get caught up into this, this like, I need to figure out why I'm suffering. Who fucking cares why you're suffering? You're suffering because you were born. And because perhaps you acted unskillfully and so on and so forth. And we have causes and conditions and it's back to like, it's not our fault. It happened. It's how do we deal with what we have now what how do we deal with what's going on now so i'm going to say uh just say a few things from um the the, the teachings from bhikkhu bodhi about this early buddhists however saw that karma acts as a feedback loop right with the present moment being shaped both by the past and by present actions present actions shape not only the future but also the present right so it's the only thing that we can actually have some agency over is now is now so the the constant kind of opening for kind of present input into the casual process makes free will possible this freedom is symbolized by the imagery of in early buddhists that use the often and this is actually uh, a way that the buddha explained karma flowing water sometimes the flow from the past is so strong that little can be done except to stand fast right but there are also times when the flow is gentle enough to be diverted in almost any direction so if you think about, and I've, you know, there, I've experienced this and maybe you've experienced this. There's been times, there will be times where the karmic momentum is so intense, so intense. that The only thing that we can do is bear it. I don't know if you were here when I was talking about the story of uh, Angulimala, but Angulimala had to bear the karma of his past actions and not cause further negative karma. That was the only goal. That's what the Buddha said. You know what? You got to take your licks. You killed 999 fucking people, you know? And there's bound to be some repercussions from that, internally, externally, both internally and externally. 
And sometimes the karmic momentum, it feels overwhelming. You know, when you, when you, if you have experienced this in meditation where you're assaulted by your mind, where you're assaulted by your past, where you're assaulted by past actions, by uh, all of the, you know, whatever, the things that haven't had you been kind of suppressing, the feelings you haven't dealt with. That's called karma. Sometimes they call it sankara, which is has a little bit of a different meaning, but it basically is kind of the, the, the residue of the past. And this practice will help us relieve that, subdue that. And then there's other times where it's actually quite gentle and like you're kind of like you were kind of pointing to, right? Like, oh, I can see the, I can see the actions taking place and I can, I can adjust right in the moment. Sometimes that, that works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes we just have to not act in an unskillful way, not let our suffering spill out onto others, right? Sometimes that's all we can do. Um, and this is, you know, where we're getting into the, you know, the next level of the Eightfold Path, which is wise action. So instead of promoting kind of resigned powerlessness, right, the early Buddhist notion of karma focused on the liberating potential of what the mind is doing with every moment. Like, what's happening now? What's happening now? Oh, look at past. What's happening now? This is the liberating potential. Who you are, you know, where you come from, what you did is not anywhere near as important as the mind's motives for what it's doing right now. It's so important. It's so important for us to recognize that. And that's kind of the essence of, of karma. Yeah, yeah. Who you are, you know, where you come from, what you've done is not anywhere near as important as the mind's motives for what it is doing right now, you know? So even though the past may account for, for many of the, you know, inequalities that we see in life, our measure as human beings is not the hand we've been dealt for the hand can change at any moment. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, just speak a few more. Uh, we, we, we take our own measure by how well we play the hand we've got, right? So a little reference to some, uh, some Texas Hold'em, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It's how well we play the hand we've got now. You know, if you're suffering, you try to continue the unskillful, or you you try not to continue the unskillful mental habits that would uh, keep that particular karmic feedback going, right? So, craving. You know, it impels a person to engage in action, which is why it's the cause of suffering. 
because the action is leading to the karma, or is the karma, I should say. It's not different. You know, we're designed to satisfy craving. We're designed that. That's our kind of human impulse, right? But how can we work with that? There's an ever-changing process. Service is one of the ways we can, we can work with transforming karma, being of service, you know, um, being compassionate, learning some compassion for our neighbor, our, our friends, our bosses, the people that piss us off, our parents, our loved ones. You know, if we see that other people are suffering and you're in a position to help, help. You focus not on their karmic past. And this is where I think there's a lot of, there's definitely an Indian kind of uh, Hindu misunderstanding. And I experienced this when I was in India uh, quite a few times where um, the general consensus is this is your destiny. You're a street person, you're, you have only one, you know, you're missing a limb, you're a leper, you're a, this is, this is your fate because of your negative past karma. And that, and, and, and in that way, dismissing a very important component and opportunity for one's own work, right? That there's, there. Uh, and I was, I was kind of, because I didn't, when I went to India, I didn't have a, um, I didn't have a, a, a Hindu or Indian kind of, or a yogic kind of understanding of karma. I had a Buddhist understanding of karma, as infantile as it was. But people would say, like, you know, there's, and there's all kinds of levels of that kind of understanding of kind of homelessness and, um, but, there, to, but to hear there were certain people that I was spending time with and traveling with and stuff, and they, they were and mostly Indian, um, and they, were, uh, they would just dismiss and be like, yeah, that's, that's their karma. And then it was almost like a cold dismissal, like not caring at all. There was no compassion. And the other side is that we as Westerners, we care too much. You know, and then you get droves of 50 little children that actually are working for the mafia, literally, you know, trying to steal from you, right? Take your backpack and your pet, you know, so it's like there's this kind of, you have to, you know, you have to play the, the middle, the middle way. Seeing the suffering, not dismissing it and as just, oh, that's their karma. So they're, you know, they're destined to be that way. Oh, it's faded. It's not, what karma is from the Buddhist perspective. And the, the opportunity will present itself where we can be of service. doesn't, you know, and, and I think I talked about this maybe last week or the other, I don't know, I talked about it a lot. But this idea of like, it doesn't mean that we have to be do-gooders all the time, you know, and go, and sometimes that's, you know, that may be the heart's generosity. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with being generous, being kind but also maintaining balance, right? Letting go of the outcome, you know? Help when we can, but also support ourselves 
intensely useful. So there's this uh, teaching from the Buddha. When this is, that is. From the arising of this comes the arising of that. When this isn't, that isn't. From the stopping of this comes the stopping of that. This, that conditionality. Cryptic, I know. It's like that's so, totally the Buddha right there. When this is, that is. This, that conditionality. From the arising of this comes the arising of that. All phenomena is preceded by the heart. You were right, Etienne. That's, that's the way that it's talked about. When this isn't, that isn't. From the stopping of this comes the stopping of that. From the stopping of being so clinging, so attached to outcome comes the ceasing or the stopping of the agitated one. Or suffering. This, that conditionality. And I'll end with this. This is another, this is kind of shifting into talking about the kind of the impermanent nature of things. Although we imagine, this is actually from a different, this is uh, from Tamasaru Bhikkhu or Tanjeff. Although we imagine ourselves to be a self, a real substantial individual, according to the Buddhist teaching, we are in reality nothing more than a flame-like process, an ever-changing combination of matter and mind, neither of which is the same for two consecutive moments. All the components of our being are impermanent, unsatisfactory, and devoid of self. Life is not a being, an identity, but a becoming, not a product, but a process. There is in no, there is in actuality no doer, only a doing, no thinker, only a thinking, no goer, only a going. I just love that. I just love that. I feel like it encapsulates not self. So let's not take it too seriously. And let's pay attention to the ending of Dionne Warwick. <laughs> All right, we have like one minute. Is there a thought or a question that can be wrapped up in one or two minutes? Please. Uh, so when you talked about the past is not your karma, the thing that came up for me was forgiveness. Uh, and I think in large part, I think that's like ideal, the past not being your karma. When we live in a freedom forgiving society. Mm. So how, like that just reminded me of the importance of forgiveness of self mm. for all that I've done, yeah. but forgiveness of others. So 
just one quick story. I um, held on to resentment and anger to my mother for a really long time. And part of it was my stuff, you know, and part of it was um, I was seeing her with an old map. I was seeing her when I was 12. I was seeing her in this as the, and I was projecting that onto her. And so it allowed me to be able to hold this resentment, this image. And I, I didn't allow her to change. I didn't allow her to be forgiven or be forgivable, right? And, um, and then that shifted. It's because of this practice, you know? And it's because of seeing, oh, I've changed. Of course she's changed. You know, we all change. So that was part of it. So that's what I got from what you were just saying. We're unfortunately out of time. So come back next time or come back Monday. And um, okay, yeah, go ahead. Real quick. Real quick, Ashley, you have to unmute yourself. I just wanted to share the same thing happened to me from meditation because for some reason, meditation for me is a self-healing thing. Mm -hmm. And it's also a, a inner, an inner child um, type thing for me right. and I'm going to go back to the breathing thing once we, I got in the actually I'm sure I'm sorry we're, we're, we're out of time I need to end on time okay next right. time okay thank great. you yeah so just to say for those of you who are in the room uh, there is a bowl and then there's also a Venmo the Venmo is against the stream meditation for those of you online thank you so much for attending um, and yeah, I like to, I like to end on time and there is usually, there's a link. I'm sure, uh, Mike probably put it in there. Yep. There's a link online so you can donate to us gathering all the goodness of our practice that we are so fortunate to hear the Dharma, to hear the truth. And just to allow that in and participate with a Sangha. May all the goodness of our practice be dedicated to the freedom from suffering for all beings. May all beings be free, even you, even me. Phenomena. <laughs> Phenomena. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. This is Noah Levine, founder of Against the Stream and Refuge Recovery. If you feel moved to leave a donation, there's a link in the show notes.